Thanks for listening in to today's episode. Today I'll be speaking with Alec Baker. From working as a labourer and having a passion in creating soul-fulfilling content as a side hustle for fun, to quitting his labouring job to pursue his passion in content creation, to help brands, influencers, music artists, and a world record holder bring their vision and story to life with his skill set. And to name a few you may know, he's had the pleasure to work with such brands and influencers as Steve Cook, Gymshark, Tommy Jeans, GoPro, Under Armour, and many more. With this skill set in mind, we dive into where Alec got started with his work and what sacrifices he had to make, and how you can reach your own goals by making your own sacrifices, how important mastering your skill is, and how you can be successful from being just self-taught, how his content has changed and where it started, and we also touch on self-doubt, not being ego-driven, his struggle through his own journey, keeping set standards and being true to his own style that project his values and beliefs through his work and how not to plateau in your own creative aspect. And lastly, we talk about what the future holds for Alec and what his next set goals are. Thanks so much for joining in today on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Before people do listen in, can you explain like, you know, who are you? What do you do? Easy. Hi, I'm Alec Baker. I'm 23 years old. I live in Sydney, Australia, and I'm a full-time content creator and visual storyteller. Now, I've seen some of your work. It's pretty amazing. You work with so many brands, so many influential people. You create really cool uh, content. I've seen some of your stuff with a few retreats, like we were discussing before, work with particular influencers. But what is it, like, what got you started in this industry, like, if we're going to go all the way back? Yeah, thank you for that uh, introduction, by the way. <laughs> a bit of big talk of a wrap. But uh, yeah, basically, I started this as a side hustle and just, just kind of a hobby. It started as a passion project kind of thing, started up. I was full-time tradesman at the time, landscaping, about three years ago now. And yeah, I got a GoPro for Christmas, started mucking around, was traveling at the time, like here and there, just when I could, even if that was a road trip or whatnot, and would piece together photos and videos and kind of got hooked on it pretty quick and eventually I saved all my money after a couple of weeks I bought like a point and shoot and just got around and started shooting as much as I could of like anything would just go like out in the bush on a walk would shoot cars just like anything I could and then people started to notice my work when I started getting like showing it on Instagram and starting like feel more confident in myself with it with my work Eventually, I started getting $100, $200 jobs here and there. At the time, they were like everything to me. I was like so pumped. And I was just like, oh, this is so cool, like really addictive. And I'm actually getting paid for it. So I was like getting super stoked on like anything I got. And then probably about two or three months down the track, I was like getting proper jobs, proper work. My Saturdays, I was getting probably more money than I was all week as a tradesman. So I kind of looked into how I could make it as a full-time business before I kind of quit and had some help from my parents to figure that out as they're really strong business people and pretty successful. So they helped me structure a business and get it on the road, get all that stuff sorted. And then after about six months of playing around, I quit my job and went full time on it. That was the beginning for me. And such a big step, eh? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It was pretty scary at the time, but like I knew that like I was so fulfilled and happy from just doing these. Like even if I wasn't getting paid, that if I was getting paid full time to do this, I feel like my life would be sorted. Everything else would just come up 
after that. Like when you yeah. have that opportunity to, you know, turn your, you know, your side hustle, your passion, the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life into a 100%. business. Like, I know, like when I first started PTing, I was like, oh, cool. Like people are paying me to do something that I yeah. love doing. The biggest thing that I think is cool is you start with a GoPro rather than getting all the fancy equipment at the start, which is what I seem to see like a lot of these days. So for people listening in, they you don't need the fancy things first. You can just start uh, with the GoPro. 100%. Like, and that's still one of the things that I rattle off to everyone that asks me questions on Instagram. And like I do online coaching now for people that want to learn what I have learned over the years and stuff like that to help them guide them. They've never started or if they want to get through to like pushing from a job that they need help on or whatever and yeah that's one of the biggest keys is because like anyone out there in the industry that has a budget or has money or has money at all in any state can have better gear than you that doesn't make them a better storyteller it's at the end of the day my industry it's all about storytelling and how well you how skilled you are and the only way you get better at skills is just by practice and time and that's the biggest key is just to learn that and today's society it's so so easy to learn anything you want like so easily like so much free content out there you can learn anything like i'm self-taught and there's so many famous people out there that do this kind of work like directors and stuff like tarantino and stuff like that that are self-taught so the information is out there you've just got to go out and do the work i say and it gives it gives just a tool to that yeah definitely i've noticed that i've been following the content that you've been doing your own little films and stuff so from your content when you started was it more how would you describe your content from the start to now because there seems to be a bit of a shift in like the way that you're going with what you're creating yeah yeah most definitely um at the start it was kind of just like what was ever fun or like whatever I enjoyed I try to capture I didn't really have an idea of like I was just trying to like if I learned something new that week on YouTube or something I was just trying to put that into my next film didn't really have a style or anything like that and nowadays I'm really trying to hone in on what my style is be consistent in my work and just hold myself to a high standard of I know what I'm capable of but there's always times where you set second guessing yourself and judging yourself especially in an art situation where normally your work's dependent on people's opinions so you're always your work your biggest critic is always yourself so just trying to be strong-minded in that sense to have a real style and stays true to that and make sure that my style is true to me as well and just trying to hone in on that at the moment is a bit key for me as compared to when I started it was pretty much just like shoot whatever I could and try and piece it together and make it look cool with a bunch of transitions or anything I could buy on the internet to make it look cool and nowadays I don't even use those so yeah and the biggest thing is I think like even when I've talked to other people before on the podcast self-doubt's like such a huge thing it's a huge thing for me might be for you I'm sure it is everyone goes through it but it's just understanding that self-doubt's good because if you're you know critiquing yourself you're only going to get better and work on wanting to improve and level up to that next thing what are some of the struggles that you've found that you've had to overcome yourself throughout this journey so far um yeah just literally what you just spoke about a lot of self-doubt a lot of things that I struggled with was freelancing going from a position where I had full-time work and was getting paid by a boss um, consistent income didn't have to do many business side of things in the job like didn't have to do my tax and invoicing and all my super was done for me and everything like that to jumping into freelancing and owning my own business as a sole trader learning quickly that a lot of things that I wasn't aware of would cost a lot and having overheads and things like that and that I'd go with months where sometimes you'd only get one week of work in that month and then the next month you'd be flat out every day and just trying to obviously money 
management and things like that were real key and important. And there was a lot of struggles through the self-confidence that I was going to get more work and to market and is it going to be worth it and all these kind of things. And should I go back to that job because this isn't secure and things like that were big struggles for me just to have that confidence to say, no, just do this because it's going to be worth it in the end. And it's just one of those things with anything, it's never going to be easy because it's, if it was easy, everyone could do it. So you just have to push through and put your head down and just keep working away and keep chipping away and you'll get there in the end. And I think that's the key that I struggled with a lot of that stuff at the start. It was just so daunting and something I hadn't done and I didn't know how to do. I just didn't, wasn't a person that really could ask for help. I just didn't have that confidence. It just wasn't in my personality at the time that asking a simple question to someone that knew it or paying someone to help me with it just wasn't in my mindset. I just would be trying to figure it out myself. And that was something that I probably should have done is reach out and ask other people. Now that's something that I know I do. If there's something I can't do or I don't know how to figure out myself, I always seek for help and try and get that because at the end of the day, it might cost me a couple of hundred dollars, but it might save me weeks on end of stress. And if we're talking taxes or things like that, comes back to bite you in the bum later in the day and you've lost a lot of money. So things like that, I've got my head around now. That's just through other people's advice. Perfect too, because like, I think, you know, connecting with other people and asking for help or paying for help is like so undervalued. Like no one, everyone seems to want to be a jack of all trades, but you don't, you don't want to be a jack of all trades because never really going to triple down on your own skills as Gary Vee says every day. Um, (laughs) so true. Cause like there's so many aspects that if you spend your time focusing on things that doesn't like skills that other people have and built themselves why wouldn't you spend more time focusing on your own skills that would better your craft instead of trying to make other crafts in and taking away from your craft as example because you're not gonna be able to pay yourself to do your own taxes and things like that and uh, manage your business and things like that so why not have someone else that does that professionally and can do it in a quarter of the time just to help you get forward faster so yeah definitely now what is it that kind of got you to this point like what was there a, a bit of an obstacle that you feel kind of triggered you once you overcome that that was that or was there just an attitude that you think you had to change in yourself that actually opened up your eyes to more opportunities yeah it was it was literally attitude because when i first started and it was for a hobby it didn't matter if i didn't get a job that week because i had a full-time job so like when i dived into the deep end and kind of went all on my own things were going great at the start and kind of like it just became real at one point it was i was on such a high and having so much fun and thought like life was perfect and all this empty life hits you with all these different situations and obstacles to to overcome that i kind of just had to get real with myself and just Like it wasn't all just going to be all the fun stuff, my favorite part of coming up with concepts and creative ideas and stuff. But at the end of the day, there's so many other parts that get the pay done and stuff like that and endless hours editing and deadlines and things like that that might not make it as fun as the other parts, but they still contribute to everything. So just getting real with myself and just understanding it's not going to be constant good fun work all the time. And I quickly built myself um, structures and stuff that I needed to follow to stay consistent with work and stuff. Um, For example, I built like a pyramid that I now tell my clients online that I get them to structure themselves. So I would have at the bottom, um, just like a food pyramid situation, you'd have your consistent work with consistent clients. So for me, that was real estate. 
that would pay the bills. And then on top of that, the stack gets smaller and then you have something that might be good fun work. So for me at the time when I was starting, it was like music artists that I really enjoyed doing, but budget was always low because I wasn't that great yet. And we weren't doing big shows for massive artists and stuff like that. Um, and then on top of that, it was kind of my passion ones where I would kind of either not get paid or I'd spend my own money on those. So at the top, you don't get as much as that work, but if you stay consistent with the bottom, you allow yourself to build on top of that passion projects that you can spend either more money or work more towards. And then when those pop out, you're going to be more grateful for them as compared to when I first started, I just wanted to do all the fun jobs. And if one popped up and it was kind of good money, but I wasn't really interested in doing that. I don't really fit into that field. I don't really do that kind of work. But for me, I might've gone a month without work and said no to a job that might've paid my bills. I didn't really realize until I obviously wasn't in a good situation with money and my business that I needed to take on work, even if it wasn't that enjoyable, because at the end of the day, that would make me survive to do those ones that are enjoyable. So definitely. And I think a lot of people struggle with that as well. Yeah. They want to be directly, I guess, doing one particular type of shooting or whatever it may be, but you get too caught up in that one thing and then you find yourself in a hole of debt and no security, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And just making like sacrifices here and there along the way, like for about a year and a half, um, when I really got stuck into work and started to figure things out and was traveling a lot more. It was really good and consistent with my work. I started to sacrifice things like hanging out with friends, drinking alcohol, partying, all that kind of stuff. Um, where I'd be 90% of my time would be spent either on work or something that related to my health. And then that other 10% was free reign of whatever else could be. Before that, it was probably 50-50. Because you work on your own schedule as a freelancer and stuff like that, you might have a job in the middle of the day. So you might have the morning off and then the afternoon off, or you might have you might only have to work three days this week and then you have four days off you know what I mean so like your schedule's always up and down that when I did have free time it would always go to either friends hanging out with them or doing something that wasn't so productive towards my business and obviously as you know when you're starting a business from scratch it kind of takes up a lot of time and should take up a lot of your time the only way you're going to fast track it to get somewhere properly in a short amount of time so making those sacrifices really benefited me to fast forward to where I got to pretty quick where traveling was just a constant in my life the first year i was properly traveling i think i had 12 days at home in a whole year i was sacrificing seeing my family a bit there and my friends and stuff like that but for me i was enjoying it so much that it didn't really matter because they were always going to be there and my family's not going to leave me for those kind of situations that it's like living overseas so and then this the year just being 2019 i lived in america for the whole year and obviously i I had about two weeks holidays with my family in Greece this year and then came home for Christmas. But the majority of my years not spent doing things like partying and wasting time. I'm not saying partying is wasting time and things like that and hanging out with friends, but I made sacrifices to get to where I am today with my job and stuff like that and my business just because I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted from it. But um, to get there, I had to make those sacrifices to, in order to do that. I think that can be a bit of a killer as well. Um... I know for myself included, like whenever I'm working on something new, like I'm going to release something new through like um, a PT business or whatever it may be, travel tip, or I've just got an idea, or I want to be creative, or I'm just fully committing myself. Mm. It's I'm a hard man to get a hold of because <laughs> I'm, I want to be alone during that time because I, I don't want to, for me personally, it's momentum. I love yeah, the yeah, momentum. I just want to keep going with it and going with it and going with it until the job's done. Otherwise, you find yourself constantly 
falling behind because you had that momentum, but then you let it just get away. You stopped yeah. and you did, you know, you might've gone out on that weekend with your friends, but now what happens if that business opportunity or working yourself or whatever it may be has put you behind a year, just yeah. one weekend. hundred percent. And it just comes down to choices at the end of the day. Like I would always weigh up what, what would I benefit from doing this or that and just making those choices that would obviously benefit you for your business and yourself. Like there's obviously situations where, going out and doing something for yourself fitness wise or health wise or mentally if you hadn't socialized with people in a while it's obviously a great idea to go socialize again just to get that mental health right because at the end of the day if you're just drowning yourself in your work it can be unhealthy as well but yeah it really comes down to those choices what's gonna what's gonna benefit you the most and what you see value in for me it was during that time i just valued my work and i was enjoying it so much that it kind of came first for me in a lot of situations that I was fine with because at the end of the day I knew that's what made me happy and it's where I wanted to go. What was your first ever gig that you got that was overseas? Um, my first ever overseas gig was a expedition. It kind of didn't work out the way I wanted to, but it was a great learning curve. So my first one was probably about a month after I quit my job. I had an opportunity to go overseas and work in Canada, um, up there in Revelstoke. Um, British Columbia and filming a guy doing an expedition. Um, he holds a world record for crossing the Brooks Range solo. Um, it's a pretty, pretty incredible story. And he was going to do it um, this year or the year that we were filming um, in winter, which is considered impossible because the sun doesn't cross the horizon and all the reasons why he was able to do it in summertime when he does hold the world record for. Um, all those situations were made twice as hard. Things like um, Traveling from a certain area to by yourself solo, you, you're living on rations and when they run out, you're fighting for food and you're fishing and all that kind of stuff in the middle of British Columbia and the Arctic where the weather's below zero and it's minus 30 degrees and you get frostbite and things like that, that survival situations are life and death. So every day and every hour, it was a pretty crazy experience. We had some situations where I was, I was the drone shooter for the, the documentary part and things like that. And the gimbal on my drone froze and broke so uh, that was about day five or six in and we were doing 14 day expedition so because i wasn't serving any purpose to the team that we were with i had to recruit um, and get out of there because i was would put the team in a situation of life and death so yeah those kind of things were very very crazy and um very cool experience though almost felt like i was part of national geographic or something like that it was yeah um, definitely pretty cool for me work, living on the central coast and working at shooting cafes or music artists at the local club and things like that to going overseas and shooting someone that was holding a world record was pretty insane so yeah would have been such a surreal experience for you and a lot of growth and um, experience for sure. Oh, yeah, how how did you, um, for people who are listening, how, how can they actually branch out of Australia? Yeah, it's um, a bit of trial and error. So I feel like having a portfolio and a situation where you can show people what you're capable of, that it doesn't matter where you are in the world, that your work is still valuable. So I created it on my website and had my Instagram and things like that running as well. But for example, working with companies that were already based in my country, that I knew that I could work with other companies outside of our country, or if that company did travel outside of our country. Um, for example, there was a company that I worked with and I knew that they worked in other countries as well. And they loved my work that I did with them here in Australia, that they offered me to go to other places and things like that. So either that or reaching out to companies that do that kind of situation that offer those things. So it was just, for me, it was, 
a bit of both, like reaching out because nine times out of 10, you might get a no, but you might get that one odd one that says yes or gives you the opportunity to show them what you're capable of, even if you don't get to travel yet. If you build a relationship with that later on down the track, you might get that opportunity. So for me, yeah. it was a bit of both, trying to find companies that I can work with that do travel and reaching out to ones that are in different places. And plus, even traveling yourself and documenting that, even if you're not getting paid, trying to shoot for companies that you would want to work with so that you have references to show. Say if you went on a family holiday and you want to work in a fashion industry or you want to work in a travel industry and you go ahead and shoot, go down to the beach in Bali and whatever and shoot a, a B-roll video, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you're able to show and email off to companies what you're capable of doing like that. So yeah, a bunch of different avenues for that. I think that's the biggest thing, hey, it's just like when people do want to branch out and understanding exactly what you said, there's a standard, like you either yeah. shoot really cool, inspiring, creative content or you don't when it mm -hmm. comes down to it. Like everyone's got a standard, like it's when you, I guess, service your car, there's a standard to be met. Either the car yeah. is functioning well or it's not. Um, yeah, most definitely. So with people who were listening in, what would be a first step for them if they're just getting started into taking photos, doing videos, they want to become a creative director? What steps would you have for them today to um, in, in isolation, actually? Yeah. Who so might feel lost? Isolation situation, just work with what you have. Um, learning your equipment so that it's not an obstacle. Um, for example, if you're learning a camera and you don't know how to use a lot of the settings, just hone in for an hour or two and learn those. If you have to read the instruction manual, if you still have it, you do. If not, go on YouTube, search up your camera, Google it, whatever. So that when it comes down to actually working a job or shooting that, you're not on set or working with a client that's waiting for you while you're fitting around with settings or you shoot a complete video that you might not have realized you had on the wrong settings and it doesn't come out the way that it looked or the way that you wanted because you didn't know how to set up your camera. So definitely, especially in this time right now with the ISO, learning your gear back to front so that you know how it's going to perform and it performs the way you want. Um, that's a huge key. And that's um, with my coaching and stuff, it's the first aspect I go through if someone is a beginner is just to make sure that they know their gear front to back so that it's just a tool. It's like, if you know how to use a hammer, you're going to be able to use a hammer. But if you don't know what it's for or how to use it properly, you're not going to get the results in the right way. You might know that it needs to hit the nail on the head, but if you don't know how to swing it, at the end of the day, it's going to take you a lot longer or it's not going to perform right. You might bend that nail. With a camera with so many settings and things like that and so many different controls, so many lenses, so many different cameras out there, it can be very daunting. But if you just know what yours is, they all cross over. So yeah, it's one of the biggest keys is to learn your gear so that it's just a tool for you because all your creativity comes from you and that's what creates your style and that's what sets you apart from other people. So you naturally will have that yourself and the only way to get better at that and improve that is by practicing and learning what you have and using your, your tools correctly. And for people who feel like they can't be creative or they're lacking that creative sense, whether that be because they're feeling just like lost at at the moment or any other day in life how have you helped yourself regain that creativity in like tough times because it is yeah, yeah. hard yeah it can it can definitely um when you get very consistent work or like you're in a, in a certain industry you can get you can lose creativity a lot and i understand that i've been through that a bit myself a few times and i know a bunch of friends that are actually in that right now especially with iso and things before iso I feel like stepping into different situations in that industry, for me, one of the biggest ones that I was last in 
was working on set uh, for The Biggest Loser and USA Network with Steve there. And just seeing a complete different production because we were shooting vlogs every two days, every week and stuff like that, which is great and it's good fun, but we were both kind of losing motivation for it and ideas because you're competing with so many people and you're relying on people to view your content and it's really a big roller coaster ride and it's so hard to predict and there's algorithms fighting against you and stuff with YouTube. And then stepping into a scene where it was always just me and him, let's just roll the camera, it was always one take kind of situation stuff, to stepping onto a set of TV with over 150 people working every single day with lighting setups, nine to 10 cameras on every shot, planned situations, scripts, you would have four or five hours prepping time, makeup, hair, everything, that there was hours and hours on end of six to seven days a week of nonstop for like, three months on set where it's a complete different situation but it gave me so much inspiration and creative ideas because I saw how other people were working and I saw what would be further down the track for me of where I want to go in this industry so it kind of sparked new ideas and what I kind of want to get into and what I want to study more so a lot of my free time during that time was studying like proper films and things like that and getting into things that I want to do when say I'm 30 or 40 and when I get enough confidence in myself to go down that industry to create something like a feature film or something like that. So a lot of my time has been spent the last probably four or five months is studying a lot of film, short films and documentaries. And that's probably the next avenue for me. And that only really came off working in a different industry in a different space and stepping back and looking at what I'm doing and where I want to go. Because at the, at the time I was kind of just pushing through and going with the flow and which was great and stuff, but I didn't really have an end goal or end direction because I had already passed a, a point of reaching, okay, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then they were the early goals that I passed and then there was no real big goal to get to. Setting that up now was, I feel like to find more creative um, avenues would be to step out of your situation and step in maybe trying a different one. I have a mate right now that is an awesome photographer and, such a creative eye and i um, always been inspired by his work and he lost the passion for it and I felt like he stayed in an industry and refined to his niche a bit too much for too long and right now or the last couple of months he was struggling with it before I so but he stepped into a different role and started assisting people in the same industry doing the same kind of stuff but the people he was assisting were the people that inspired him so he was working for some of his favorite creators and stuff like that. And all he was doing was either holding shields or shooting second camera shots. But now he's back in it and it's better than ever because his creative aspect is from different angles of what it was before. He was so narrow-minded in what he was doing and he was great at it. But now I think he's taken it to another level. So That can be the biggest thing too, like just regrounding yourself, taking a step back, like you said, because everyone's in, you know, fifth or sixth gear trying to like hone down the highway but no one's ever looking to the side to see like, you know, what's actually, what were they driving past? They're missing the yeah. most important parts of life. And, you know, yeah. that comes down to being present and being involved in your work, would you say? 100% that journey along the way is so key. And it's, it was just such a big thing, like to step out of your own role as number one shooter and running your own business to assisting someone else's. A lot of people would see that as a back turn and stuff. But for him, he saw that as a way forward to, get to that next level because you kind of get to a plateau stage with your work. Um, the only way to get better is to either try new things or learn new skills and study a bit more of that. And that's where I was as well. And I was at a, a, a skill that I could just wake up and I knew that I could perform to the quality I needed to every time. And that's fine because I knew my skills, my talent, 
and I had enough experience that I could do that every time, but I wasn't growing. I was just staying at a plateau and working in a different industry or a different role really helped me to try and get into that next gear and get past that. And as your expression went, it could have been just taking a pit stop and or a left turn and then before getting back on the highway. Do you think it's sometimes it's because of your you're at the top of the podium, you're you're I guess like an ego stated, I guess, like you're yeah. you're you're the you're becoming the best of the best or you are the best of the best or you know you're really good at what you do that you forget to just step back and like recheck in with yourself and be like, Hey, yeah. I'm not, I'm not God, but I can like change no, my yeah. emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. And, um, I definitely agree with that. And it's becoming satisfied with yourself. What makes you satisfied with yourself? Um, I know a lot of people and I have a lot of friends that can be satisfied with their own work in an in industry or whatever they're doing. And it might be a nine to five or, it might be a trade job or whatever. It might be any other job, but they're not growing and they haven't been for the last two or three years. And they're in so much of a routine and just satisfied with what they're doing that that's, that's fine with them. But if you want to get to that next level, you want to try and get to the real top. You can't really get stuck in those situations too much because it's only going to hold you where you are. I know for a fact, if anyone's the best in anything, they definitely have to push themselves into hard situations and keep moving forward because it's the only way to get there. And how do you challenge yourself today with like getting yourself uncomfortable and checking in on yourself, reflecting? I try and see different sides and try and put myself in different people's shoes. And it's something that I learned from someone else in the industry that does that. To try and work outside your comfort zone, I work a lot of in a lot of fashion, travel, and at the moment, a lot of fitness. And to learn new things and different styles and stuff, I kind of have to step out of that situation and try and do something that is a bit more out of that. And you might suck at it at the start. And I know I did it a lot of things, a lot of things I try to work on. And like, I remember the first time I stepped into the fitness industry of filming that stuff. Before that, I was shooting fashion and portraits, which was I was kind of into and music and I didn't think it was going to be much of a change but it's completely different and it's it's more based on people's personalities and obviously growth and a bit more of a long story than fashion is something that you're about to see here or there and or portraits is making something look so perfect yeah fitness was more about functionality and movement and things like that that was completely opposite so yeah just putting yourself in different situations to almost force yourself to be creative and think outside of the box for example for me Something that I struggled with was shooting landscapes or shooting something without a person in it because I was so used to shooting people in their in their environments and doing their thing that nowadays, especially in ISO situations, shooting something without a person I struggled with. How do I frame this? How do I do that? And it was always making those, that person in their environment feel comfortable and trying to get them to look the best as possible um, was my job. But shooting stuff without people was a struggle for me when I first started trying it. Even shooting nature, trying to capture the right angles. And for me, I looked at other people that were doing that great, that shoot nature photography and things like that, or even just empty spaces or film photography and something that went back to basics and just try to figure out the creative side of that and stuff. And that was an avenue that I needed to push myself into that obviously would help me later on. If I, for example, if I got really into shooting nature and then was out with someone that I was shooting portraits with, I'd know how to sh frame their background a lot better or I would know better areas to shoot because I'd learned that new skill and that side of things, so yeah. And would that be helping you now, it's like the transition of your work coming from, you know, having that, I like that freedom to go around with whoever you want to shoot to now, I know like a lot of photographers and 
even some videographers are doing virtual shoots to kind yeah. of change their whole business model. Yeah, hundred percent. Even me changing my business model from not relying on every one of my shoots to be my main source of income because last year my main source of income was through YouTube and that's so reliant on people's opinions and views which what art is really and always has been but you were relying on people to watch your videos to make money was kind of a struggle at times because you might have put so much time and effort into one and that one didn't get received the same as one that didn't or that didn't have as much effort or time or just wasn't as appreciated as you wanted it to be and that's kind of tough for creators a lot to get that feedback and feeling because you put so much time and effort in. The thing with creating, especially photos and videos, a lot of it comes through the unseen work of editing and stuff like that. So people don't realize how much time and effort does go into something like that, like a 30 or 40 minute video and kind of getting stuck in those situations where you're relying on other people. Viewing your videos to get paid was a big wake up to me that in this past couple of six months, I kind of changed my business so that it didn't solely rely on that because if I wasn't getting those numbers or I wasn't getting enough work, I wasn't just relying on that. So doing things like business coaching and setting up products that I could sell like presets and lots and things like that, that my business doesn't solely just rely on me physically doing something has been a good, good change in, in myself and makes me feel a bit more at ease as well. When shooting, I'm not just thinking, oh, I need to get me to take this job because I need money coming to the business. This ISO situation, I kind of was already doing this stuff before, the virtual shoots and stuff. But yeah, setting up situations that I wasn't relying on being physically there has been a big key for me as well to change it up to help me survive in this situation as well. Because you know, you can't really travel and I was traveling a lot and it's been a good way to adapt and um, that and just looking at things differently is it's kind of been a wake up call. So yeah, it's been good. And would you say like, this is the way I look at this time is still a time to thrive. It's still a time to find yeah. opportunities. What do you think for the, I guess, like the creative community around who, you know, they want to create content or they want to work with brands or they want to work with influencers. What advice would you have for them now if they think they are doomed because they're stuck inside? The best you can try and look at it long-term. Don't look at it short-term. With most businesses, especially in this situation, everyone's freaking about the next six months and freaking about this moment right now that's happening. We're, we're in ISO, but if you're someone that wants to go down that avenue where you want to incorporate influences and stuff, look at it as a situation that it will last past ISO. Because if you just make it, okay, we'll pay influencers to do a live stream workout. Once ISO is gone, how is that going to work for you when people are going to go back to the gym? Yes, it's a great way to dive into it right now, but try and look at it as a long-term situation. And try and build on top of that so that you can benefit from it outside ISO and keep it running because there's nothing more stronger for a brand to have something that's built and people see that journey and that story the whole way through and they will feel a lot more inclined to support that once they understand that or they've been with that journey the whole time. It's like watching your favorite people in sport or in acting or in any situation or your business, you see it grow from the start to become something bigger and better. You're more likely to support that because you've seen the journey of it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of businesses push pretty quick into this whole um, internet situation of using social media and influences, but the ways that they've done it I've seen aren't so long-term, they're very just short-term. So yeah, just try and think of business ways, I reckon, to be creative that it's gonna affect your business long-term, not short-term. Things like setting up programs that would last even if it was an ISO situation, it doesn't require people obviously to do physical things, but they would still be inclined to do the same thing when ISO is over. Yeah, things like that I think are important, especially for a business 
I think the biggest thing like I was even discussing the other week with another guy was working on relationships as well. Yeah, connection is mm. biggest biggest thing. Someone once said to me, connection is what we strive for as humans. Without that's our eternal goal is to always have connection. If you put yourself on a different planet, for example, and you're by yourself, you're probably going to be looking for ways to connect back to Earth or connect with whatever race is there or whatever the Earth or the environment so that you can create life. It's all all life is about is connection. So for businesses and stuff like that, creating connection to their customers and within their own business, staying connected with their own business. I know that a lot of businesses would be struggling if they were a physical job that say an office to keep all their employees together and communicating and stuff. Yeah, I think connection is key. And if you already had that established connection before ISO, I'm sure you're probably right in this situation um, with your customers that if you had a good connection already, it wouldn't be too hard to adapt to this situation, I reckon. And that's the biggest thing, like even I guess with me training people, it's all through virtual, it's all Zoom. It's mm. crazy. Yeah. It was such such a big step to, you know, go from face to face to virtual, but I've noticed that it's quite funny. There's more connection now than there was face to face with people because people want it. Yeah. They want that connection. They want to, you know, have that relationship with someone because they feel so detached from, I guess, society at this point in time. But I also see that at this point in time, everyone's a lot more connected than they really know. Yeah, 100%. And that's why this world has adapted so well. And the social norm of the internet and having mobile phones is so normal to us now. Like, you don't go anywhere without your phone being within arm's reach. And 20, 30 years ago, no one really had phones. So that were mobile at least that weren't dialed up or had a cord. So yeah, it's just adapting to that situation and connection as we know is pretty strong these days and a lot of businesses have good ones. So as long as you have that good connection with your clients and your customers and the adaption shouldn't be that hard. I don't think. Now a bit hard to answer this one. Where, what are you working on for the future? Like what is it that you want to achieve for yourself? What will we see in the future? Yeah. For me right now, it's, it's obviously, fine-tuning all those things I was talking about that I started in the last couple of months of having those businesses up and running that aren't relying on me physically doing them, a bit more of different avenues of money and stuff like that. So I'm not relying on myself physically being everywhere all the time to try and make that profit because there's only so many times I can be somewhere and so much money I can make. There's a lot of times where I want to be everywhere and make other clients happy and do all these things, but at the same time, you can't be there and everywhere so yeah fine-tuning on those and having more things to offer people that want to know my story and connect with me and, and giving back to more people as well i've obviously been focusing on myself and my own business for a while now but i really want to give back to the community that i kind of learned from because i had a lot of people that inspired me and helped me through my journey so that's something that i want to give back to other people that want to do things that i do or want to be similar to what i do so yeah trying to help those kind of people and then get back into shooting when ISO is over anywhere in the world that a bit more, I want to focus a bit more on my beliefs and stuff like that. So long term, it would be in the next couple of years, short, short films and documentaries that relate to more of my passions and beliefs as, for example, I'm a vegan. So things like the environment and I'm super into my ocean pollution and plastic and all that, bringing awareness to those situations that I'm really passionate about and fulfill me. So yeah, sharing those kind of aspects and then eventually down the track in the long term, I want to get to a stage where I potentially be making uh, feature films. So yeah, that's the end goal for me at the moment. And just working towards that is is obviously a long process because that's a huge step between where I am now. But putting myself into situations where I can get that knowledge and stepping into those 
uncomfortable situations where those relationships will be built that I can get to those positions faster, whether it's working as a second shooter or just working as a hands-on or assistant on set for someone else's film or even asking to help in any way possible or get into that environment is, or any industry of that sense is the best way to go about it for me right now. So just trying to find avenues through that. So, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot going to happen and I'm keen to see it. <laughs> keen to see some feature films on um, the Earth's pollution and yeah, yeah. You know, like living a healthier life because I think that's the biggest thing. Although it is pretty cool how the, the whole Earth's kind of like healing at the moment. Like yeah. I'm pretty into that. Like it's really cool. Like I know me personally, I think the air smells fresher even on the coast. Like I've never seen so many butterflies in my whole life at the moment, which is cool. And some people say it's because the air is like more like purified. It's really, really interesting to like see the benefits already just from people just taking a step back. Yeah, yeah. Even um, one of my friends sent me a video yesterday from the beach where we live at. There was a, just in the bush there, just off the beach, there was an echidna just walking around, like a massive one. I've never seen one outside of a yeah. zoo or anything before, like a reptile park. And that was just so sick. He was just like, walking on the road and just like something that we wouldn't see in this area because it's it's like an hour away from Sydney. So yeah, it's definitely related. I just didn't expect it. But yeah, things like that. And I feel like there's a lot more days here that there's no clouds around and the, the air is a lot crisper and that might be the seasons changing. But yeah, I think the, the earth is taking um, a good healthy turn from this ISO situation, which is was definitely needed. Absolutely. I think, I don't know, like I just, I preach this stuff. I'm like, there's so many more benefits than, you know, there yeah. are negatives. There are a lot of negatives. I will just say that a lot of yeah. negatives, but there are also a lot of positives that come from this. Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, a lot of positives as well is like a lot of people are really focusing on themselves in this time and trying to figure out family situations and, and not being so reliant on what things were easy. Like there's a lot of situations where you can't go obviously to the gym or that were convenient for a lot of people so adapting to that situation and getting back to basics i think of living because um, we were on such a high there with everything we had at our fingertips and things would be delivered within a day or two and life was pretty easy and convenient from what we saw to right now it's a bit bit different but yeah builds more i think it's like resilience in people and creates more credibility for people people are actually willing to put in more effort i feel in themselves yeah. now because they don't have a choice yeah, yeah. And just respecting also what people were doing beforehand a bit more, I feel like. Yeah. Um, understanding, like, if, if you're someone that's trying to do something now that you either got done for you, say, if it was cleaning your house or having a personal trainer or things like that, that if you're having to do that for yourself now, you kind of put yourself in perspective and into their shoes of what their job was and why it was kind of difficult or what the yeah. challenges were about it. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. And I can feel you on your editing photos or videos is my yeah. programming for people's yeah, uh, workout exactly. plans for 12 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so. it's, it's, it's not the prettiest part of the job, but um, at the end of the day, that's the unseen part that kind of does bring it all together absolutely it's the hours of work that painters put into a painting that no one sees until they see yeah. the finished product 100 yeah so for people who are listening in and you know you've given some really good tips on like how people can overcome their own obstacles but what do you do for you for yourself if you feel like you're doing a bunch of work and you feel a little bit overwhelmed like how do you step back from that situation yeah i get i get out of completely out of what i'm doing i try and say if i'm editing and stuff and i'm spending hours 
And for me, I do, I try and set myself up so that I can spend my morning hours or my day hours in the sun outside and try and do something so that I kind of know by now with my experience and stuff, how thing, how long things are going to take me, whether it's editing wise or shooting wise, so that I really pr- prioritize my um, mental health normally first. So if it is a nice sunny day, I'll get outside and do something that might take me two hours, but that might put my editing two hours later on in that night back. But I value that so much more than because then if you if you just put work first all the time, you'll come down to a situation where you do get like that, that you don't know what to do about it is because you haven't really valued those situations where you can get out and do something so for me it was to either go for a walk go out in nature play a sport do something that's going to be completely different so when i come back i have a fresh mind can approach it with a bit more energy and yet it's pretty much just stepping back from it and getting away from it for a bit and that can just help you reset a little bit it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing it could just be reading a book or something that's not related to the work um then come back and hit it full steam ahead now for people who want to get in touch with you i'm sure you're more than happy to say hello to someone if someone has questions so where can people reach you whether they want online coaching for their own photography whether they just want advice whether they just want to follow you or they want to see your content they want to be inspired where can what are your channels uh yeah so on all my platforms it's alec baker films and then in my instagram bio and on my facebook bio and stuff i have my website that has all the opportunities to get more information from me or uh, book a shoot or book a class with me, like an online video call or something like that. Um, and then all my products and all my work is up there, my portfolio and stuff like that. And then it says a little about thing as well on me. So yeah, mainly my website and then my social media is just Ali Baker Films and that's main avenues of where I house all my work. Thanks again so much for jumping on the podcast today. I really value your time. It's super cool to like hear like your perspectives on like where you were to now. The little I call them like golden nuggets that you get out of these conversations. So people might get some cool little things that they can kind of add to their own situation that might, you know, help them get over their own hurdle. And it's really cool to hear like where you want to go. Because, yeah, no doubt, like, seeing your work that I've seen so far, like, there's big things to come, and I can't wait to see the impact that you're going to make. Uh, cheers, man. I really appreciate that, and uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's been good chatting to you and getting to know you a bit better in your business and stuff, and excited for your little journey ahead as well and what's, mm-hmm. what's going to happen and whatnot. So, yeah, I really appreciate you for your time and having me on, and hopefully this does give some value to some people out there in the situation. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did enjoy that episode and you feel inspired or you think there's someone out there that needs to listen to it, share it with your friends and family and subscribe to this podcast because there's going to be someone out there that needs to hear this and who may be going through their own obstacle. And this might help them change their perspective and see the opportunities that are in front of them. Until next time, thanks so much again for listening in.